Well, good morning, Northside family. Want to welcome you. My name's Nate. If it's your first time here, real quick, can we welcome everybody online and thank the Lord already for an incredible morning. It is good to be here. We are in this series called Quest 52, and over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking specifically about the person of Jesus, uh, because he wants us to know him personally. He wants you and I to know him. That's what he's come to start, a real relationship with us. That's what changes everything, is when you and Jesus begin to walk this life together, and you find his grace and redemption. And uh, we have this steady guy for sale out in the resource center. It's called Quest 52. It, uh, we sold out of it and uh, we ordered 500 more. And so if you haven't picked up one of these, they're just $8 out at the Resource Center. I wanna highly encourage you uh, to pick up one of these. And if you bought one of these and you're like, yeah, I meant to start reading that and I've never started. Hey, this is a great week, all right? Uh, just to begin to read this, but it's great. It's daily devotions so you can begin to dive into God's word to learn more about them. And uh, last week, it was an incredible moment uh, after the 945 service just right over here uh, there was a couple of IUS baseball players that stopped me after the service. And, and I love it. Uh, there was two guys in particular, uh, Chase and Slater. Yes, like A.C. Slater, right? You know what I'm saying? And it was this awesome moment. They came up after the service and uh, they said, Nate, they said, hey, uh, we, we play baseball at IUS. A couple of us come to service here together. The season starts this week. And they said, would you come pray for us as we start the season? And I said, absolutely, man. And then he said this. He goes, this week, we're going to start a team Bible study going through Quest 52 together. And on Thursday night, man, the, the team, you know, the, it wasn't a mandatory, but the, those who wanted to. And this is what I want to let you know. This is what this is for. It's not just that you would grow to know Jesus. It's that Jesus wants to work through you so that others can know him. See, this is why he's come. He's come to invite you and I into his plan and into this uh, opportunity, not just to be saved by Jesus, but to be sent by Jesus into our normal places, into our everyday places, into our ball fields, into our businesses. And some of you are going, that, that sounds great. I don't know how to start that relationship or I would love to serve. I'm just, I don't feel well equipped. I wanna invite you next weekend during the 1130 service, we have a, an opportunity called Next Steps. And this is for anybody here, you may be new and you go, man, I just don't know anybody here, this is for you. Or if you're going, I'm sensing God's doing something new in me, I don't know where to plug in. I, I just need to begin a conversation. We wanna invite you to that, two things with that, you ready? Lunch is provided, and if you have kids, you check them back in for the second service, all right? You know what I'm saying? Like, no excuses, we're removing all the barriers for you, all right? I think last month they had Cracker Barrel, and then the second week it was Qdoba. We ain't messing around, it's not like peanut butter and jelly, all right? Like we are gonna feed you, we're gonna pour into you and we wanna invite you, you're gonna sign up, it's free. It begins next weekend, it's two weekends because we really believe this, that God has come to save us but he, he hadn't just come to save us, he's come to fill our life and to send us into the world and give hope to this world. And the way that you guys live, one, I just want to say thank you. And I just want to say, too, I want to say thank you for your generosity. We get to do those types of opportunities like next steps and pouring into people. And I just want to say thanks for your generosity. If, if you come ready to give, you can give on the giving boxes on the way out or you can give online. And I just want to say thanks for trusting Jesus with your generosity. Uh, but today, uh, we know it's Super Bowl weekend, but it's not Super Bowl weekend, it's Super Baptism weekend, right? And, and I love it. We had 51 people sign up to get baptized this weekend, man. Praise God, we just, we're so fired up about that. 
And I know it's like 51, you know, and here's the thing. We, we said this a couple weeks ago. It's not just about a number. It's this. Every number has a what? Has a name. And every name has a story. And every single story because of Jesus can be redeemed. That's what we celebrate today. Matter of fact, we've worked it uh, out today in the service. Uh, not only is it baptism weekend, I'm gonna preach a, a shorter sermon. So the 11 people who've signed up for this uh, baptism uh, weekend for this service, we're gonna allow them to be baptized in service. So it's not just baptism weekend, it's short sermon weekend, all right? You are gonna be doubly blessed today, all right? <laughs> right? So if that's gonna be a shorter sermon, we better get to work, all right? And here's the question we wanna talk about today, specifically about baptism weekend is this question. We're gonna ask a question every week is this, if Jesus was perfect, why was he baptized? Right, well, if he was perfect, he doesn't need to be baptized. We know why we need to be baptized. We are sinful people in need of a savior. And what we're saying is this, when we get baptized, we're saying we believe what Jesus did on the cross takes away my sin and we die to ourselves and we die to sin and we are raised with Christ to walk a new life through the power of the spirit. Well, we know why we get baptized, but why did Jesus get baptized? Now, here's the thing. I grew up in the church and oftentimes, especially when I was younger, I didn't really know the answer to this. This is what I would say. If somebody said, well, if Jesus was baptized, why do I need to be baptized? You know, what's going on with that? I'm like, well, he did it, so you do it. That's the end of discussion, right? <laughs> kind of like a parent. Don't ask me why, just do it, right? But here's what I found out. This is a question that we need to wrestle with, and here's why. The more you understand Jesus' baptism, and the more I understand it, the more I'll understand my baptism in the way that Jesus has called me to live. See, he didn't just come to do something that was kind of random that's in the Bible and it's like, well, he did it, okay. No, 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 what, what we find at Jesus' baptism is it is the picture of how you and I are to live life with God. So it's not just that he came in and he was perfect, why do you need to be baptized? What we find is this, he came in to show us the way of living. And here's the thing, even John the Baptist who was there who baptized Jesus had no idea why he was being baptized. So if you've ever come into church and you go, I don't have a clue. Well, guess what? That's what happened at the very beginning at Jesus' baptism. He shows up and he tells John the Baptist, I need to be baptized by you. And John's like, no, you don't. I need to be baptized by you. And they begin to have this argument. Just a pro tip real quick. Don't argue with Jesus. He's just going to win in the end, right? Now, here's what's great. He allows you and I to have conversations and dialogues with him. But what I want you to do is this. If you have your Bible, open to the book of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament. It'll be up on the screen. Or if you've got your Bible app, we want to invite you to, to open up. Matter of fact, if you don't have a Bible, after the service in the living room, we bought a thousand free Bibles. Go grab a Bible, man. Bring it with you. Dive into God's word. But Matthew was one of Jesus's disciples, he saw this. He saw Jesus's life unfold. He saw his ministry. This is why we trust God's word. It is eyewitness accounts. In Matthew, it's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter three records Jesus's baptism. And so what I want us to do is I just want us to look at Jesus's baptism and then here's what's gonna happen. The reason why Jesus was baptized is so that you and I could live life out of response to him. See, everything as a follower of Jesus is in response to Jesus. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. I just want to walk through Jesus' baptism. It's real, there's only a couple passages here. But it says this. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. We're going to talk about the Jordan here in a moment. 
But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. And do you come to me? At the very beginning, when Jesus was coming to get baptized, John was a prophet, but he didn't see it coming. Which means this, we need to pay attention to why Jesus came to be baptized. And Jesus replied to John, let it be so now, because it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. We're gonna talk about that here in a moment. Then John consented. He said, okay, okay, I, I don't fully understand it, but okay, Jesus. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. You think the Super Bowl is going to have an awesome halftime. There is no halftime show like Jesus' baptism, right? God opens the heavens. Literally, Mark says this. He tore open heaven and a dove came down. You can't make that stuff happen, man. Because there was something bigger going on at Jesus' baptism. It begins to inform how we live. And I'm going to dive into that here in a second. But right after that, it says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Here's what we got to understand about Jesus' baptism and why this matters so much for us is this. Baptism is always about humble beginnings. Man, baptism is about humble beginnings. See, when, when the crew today gets baptized, you know what they're saying? They're confessing in front of me, in front of you, in front of everybody online. Guess what? I'm a sinner in need of grace and I need saved. There's nothing more humbling than that, is there? I am wrong, I am messed up, and I need Jesus. And what I love about Jesus' baptism here, it's this, it's the most humble thing. And if you notice, here was his reason. He says, John, let us do this now because it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now here's the deal. Jesus is already righteous. He doesn't need to fulfill a righteousness for himself. Who needs righteousness? Us. And Jesus is saying this at his baptism. See, baptism literally means to be immersed. What Jesus is doing at his baptism is this. He's saying this, God, I am immersing myself in your plan to save all of humanity. God, I'm immersing my life under your authority. God, I am putting my whole being under your plan to go to the cross, to die for sins, to be raised again, to defeat death. And God, this is what Jesus did at his baptism. He said this, God, I am all in on your plan. This is what I love that Mark Moore says. It's basically summarized in the best way I've ever heard before. In Quest 52, Mark Moore, the author of it says this. He says, Jesus's baptism pointed forward to the cross, just as our baptism points backward to the cross. Jesus was saying that, God, I am all in on your plan. The world won't know it. John the Baptist in this moment, he doesn't see it, but God, I see it. And God, not only do I see your plan to save salvation, that salvation will come through your son. God, I am in on your plan. See, that's what happens at baptism. What we say is this, God, no longer am I going my own way. God, I am going your way. What you'll find today is when people get baptized, they will come in one way and guess what? They'll go out another. 
See, when we get baptized, what we're saying is this, I've gone the wrong way, I've missed the mark, and not only am I placing my faith in Jesus, I'm not going back that way. See, this is the good news of Jesus. He says, I have a new way for you to go. And he's saying, I am in on your righteousness. Here's the power of this moment. It's this, some of us, we ask this question. I've asked this question. Sometimes I've gone through such painful things in life. I've asked this question, God, where are you now? You ever ask that question? Life is so painful. Maybe the pain has come from your choices. Maybe the pain has come from the choices of others. And we say that, God, where are you now? At Jesus' baptism, what he's saying is this, I am in the depths with you. I've come to meet you in the depths. Oh, I'm all in with you. I've come to give you your righteousness. I've come to give you your hope. I've come to give you your comfort. And this is the beauty of what Jesus is doing at his baptism. He's declaring to the world, I am all in to save you. See, baptism doesn't start with us. Baptism starts with Jesus. See, the reason why people get baptized is this. We get baptized in response to Jesus. We turn our life over in response because Jesus first turned his life over to God. I don't know if you've heard about this craze. I got a couple of my buddies that are trying to get me to do this. It's called this cold plunge. Anybody heard about this, right? You know, and they're like, here's what you do, right? You fill up your bathtub with ice and you just freeze for five minutes. And I'm like, let me pray about it, right? You know, you know I'm like, I don't know if I'm in on that, right? And, and I got some buddies who are trying to get me, convince me to do it. And scientifically, like it is proving, right? It, it like lowers your blood pressure for like the entire day. There's something that happens and, and it's not just cold plunges, but when you do salt baths and, and you're in hot tubs, it helps heal muscles and it helps heal these things. Things, right? But what's so funny about all the cold, cold plunges now, it sounds like everybody's doing them, right? But what I want to know is this, who was the first to do that, right? Who was that wild man was like, I am just going to sit in ice. And everybody's like, you have lost your mind, right? But somebody went first, didn't they? Somebody went first and said, I think this is the way forward. I think this is a better way forward. See, here's what Jesus is doing at his baptism. Even John the Baptist looked at him and was like, Jesus, you're crazy. I, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. And he goes, oh, I know, I know, I know, John. I know. I'm doing something bigger than you can see right now. I'm working in a way that you can't see right now. And all I need you to do is this. I just need you, John, I just need you to turn your life over to me and you will see my power at work in you. See, baptism is about these humble beginnings for you and I. It's about you and I coming to this place going, yeah, I do need a change. I'm wearing myself out trying to be good and it's not improving my life. God, could you be the good that I need? This is why when we look at, at scripture, we don't want scripture just to stand by itself. We wanna see the stories around it. What it says here is that when Jesus went to be baptized, he came from Galilee to the Jordan River. And what's powerful about the Jordan River is this, if you study Old Testament, specifically Joshua chapter three, it was the Israelites who crossed the what? The Jordan River to go into, anybody remember? The promised land. And Jesus shows up to the same Jordan River and he says this, the promised land that you're looking for is looking for you. 
And Jesus says, I go through the Jordan River, not just to take you to some physical land. I go through the Jordan River to be your promised land. Some of us here today, you are going after everything in life and it's not meeting your needs because Jesus says, there is no promised land outside of me. See, this is what happens. Sam talked about in his communion moment. When he lost his 92-year-old grandma, guess what? He needed a promised land. Some of you here today, your marriage has fallen apart and you went, that was the love of my life, that was my soulmate, and now I feel soulless here today. The good news is for you today is this, your marriage may have fallen apart, but your promised land has not. See, Jesus comes and he meets us in our depths. See, everything that Jesus is, is fulfillment of the Old Testament. He says, I am your promise. I am your hope. I am the one who meets you and leads you forward. And this is what we find at baptism is this. It's not just a humble beginning. Baptism reminds us of who we are. I love this passage. I know I was kind of joking about it, going that Jesus's, that the Super Bowl halftime has nothing on Jesus's baptism, but I really mean it. Listen what happens here. Soon as it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. Mark says this that God tore open the heavens like a proud little league dad. That's my boy, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Carter had his game yesterday, man. And what was so funny is this, uh, Ruthie and I, t- oftentimes we won't watch the kids playing, we'll just watch the parents, right? And we're like, man, look at them, dude. They are, they're like slapping the floor, playing defense with their kids on the sideline. We're like, dude, they're seven, right? Like chill out, right? But parents can't help it. They're in the game, they love their kids. And at Jesus's baptism, only recorded three times in scripture that God opens the heavens and speaks, and he speaks at Jesus' baptism, and here's why. Because at baptism, he wanted to remind Jesus of who he was. See, at baptism, here's what happens. We begin to know who we are. We know who we are. Listen what happens, it says this, that he tears open heaven and he says this, then he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. We're like, what in the world does that mean? We'll talk about it here in a second, right? And a voice from heaven says, this is my son whom I love and with him, I am well pleased. With him, I am well pleased. See, what's powerful is this, When it says that this dove descended, we're like, what is that about? That was the representation of the Holy Spirit. See, at Jesus' baptism, here's what's powerful. It's the first time that Jesus incarnate and the Holy Spirit and God are present on earth together at the same time. What a powerful moment. See, there's something that happens when your life is turned over to God And we say, God, my life is no longer about me. God, I'm not gonna let my sin define me. God, I'm gonna let you define me and what you did on the cross. And in this moment, God says this to Jesus, you're my boy whom I love and with you I am what? Well, please, you know what I find fascinating about this? Jesus hadn't done anything yet. Hadn't done a miracle yet. Hadn't turned water into wine. That's a pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool, right, you know? Hadn't raised anybody from the dead. Hadn't fed the 5,000. He's just simply resting in his identity and his father. We know this about words. 
Words shape us, don't they? Some of you, you may be 40, 50, 60 years old here today, and you remember specific words that were spoken over you when you were nine years old, and they have been guiding your life for the last 50 years. And God wants Jesus to know in this moment, people are going to speak things over you. You're going to be cursed. Disciples are going to leave you. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be spit on. You are going to be punched in the face. People are going to hate you. People are going to assault you. People are going to kill you. But here's the thing. I never want you to forget who you are, Jesus. You are my boy whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. If you've ever wondered what God thinks about you, just look at Jesus. Because when you are made new in Christ, God speaks over you. You are mine. You are my son. You are my daughter. With you, I love you. And with you, I am well pleased. Amen. See, this is the new identity. Some of us, we are chasing identity. No, your identity is in Christ and it's found at baptism. That he is making all things new. This is why Paul, God changes Paul and he works through the life of Paul. He writes the most books in the New Testament. And if you studied the background of the life of Paul, he actually killed Christians thinking he was doing a good thing. Paul, you killed the guy. You may want to lay low for a little bit, right? Like God may not want anything to do with you. But who does God use to reach those who don't know him? Sinners. Sinners. God always uses sinners to reach sinners. The question is this, do you know that God can make you new? Listen what Paul says, he gives his testimony. Matter of fact, I remember when I was baptized, I was given a Bible by my pastor, his name's Phil McDonald. Can't make that name up, man, like Phil McDonald, like you are called to work with kids, right? I love McDonald's, you're a great name, you're my pastor, right? You know? And I remember Phil McDonald, when I got out of the baptistry, he gave me a new Bible and he wrote this verse in there, it's Galatians chapter two, verse 20, and it's where Paul summarizes who he is now in Christ. And listen what it says. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Oh, I know my past, but I know who's met me in my past. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So now the life I live in the body, I live by what? Faith. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. This is why Jesus in Matthew 28, when he gives the great commission and he tells everybody to go make disciples of all nations, he says this, he goes, go make disciples of all nations. And then he says this, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is this, he's telling you and I, here's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, that we immerse ourselves in the Father, we immerse ourselves in the Son, and we immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit. That our whole life, our whole identity is defined by God. What's amazing is this, there was a study done by Fuller Theological Seminary, they interviewed thousands, tens of thousands of students all across the country trying to figure out the biggest questions in their life that they were trying to answer. And this wasn't just Christians, this is what, these were all students across the country. And here were the three questions, the top three questions that they kept coming back to trying to answer in their life. These were the three biggest questions they kept coming back to. And what I found out was this, this isn't just questions that teenagers ask, these are questions that we keep asking throughout our life. And this is what it says. They came back with these three top things. Who am I? 
Do my choices matter? And where do I fit in? These are the questions you and I ask. You may not ask them out loud, but when you retire, guess what you're gonna ask? Who am I now that I don't have a career? Do my choices matter now that I don't have control or a job? And where do I fit in? And what's incredible is this, this is exactly the words that God speaks over Jesus. You are my son, whom I love. And with you, I'm, you fit in with me, Jesus. The world's gonna reject you, the world's gonna hate you, but you need to remember, Jesus, you belong to me. You fit in with me. You walk with me. Now here's the thing, what's gonna be great is this. People are gonna get baptized yesterday, today. It's gonna be an amazing scene here in a little bit. It's gonna be an amazing scene for the rest of the day. But what do you do after you get baptized? Matter of fact, that was one of my most uh, uh, kind of funny moments of doing ministry early on. I remember this one lady, she had come out of addiction. She'd come out of all this other stuff and we baptized her. It was an amazing moment in the service, literally backstage, we're celebrating with her. And then she had just this look of terror on her face. She goes, wait, and we're like, buyer's remorse already, right? We're like, we're just a step out of the baptistry, right? And she said, wait. She says, what if I sin this week? Do I have to get baptized again next weekend? And I'm like, oh no, go ahead and count on sinning this week, right? We're gonna struggle this week, right? Like we don't, we're, we're trying not to, but her question was this, now that I'm baptized, what do I do? Ah, okay, I got baptized, but, but what does my life look like? See, this is why the dove descended on Jesus because it was the Holy Spirit. And what God was saying is this, here's what I want you to do, Jesus, as you fulfill your calling on life, here's what I want it to look like, that you would simply do this, that you would live by and you would follow the Holy Spirit. Listen, what happens here right at the end, right after Jesus got baptized, he steps out of his baptism and it says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. He was hungry. So what's incredible about this, so baptism, what we gotta understand as we look at Jesus' baptism is this. Baptism is a starting line, not a finish line. Baptism is the starting point where you begin to find your identity in Jesus and now you begin to follow the Holy Spirit. So what happened in the life of Jesus? I don't know about this, if you've experienced this, but Jesus did. After he got baptized, life got harder. You ever make a good spiritual decision and then the wheels fall off in life? And you're like, God, I made a great spiritual decision, right? I, I chose holiness, I, I chose you, and things actually didn't get better. Welcome to Jesus' baptism, right? This is why we gotta pay attention to it. Because here's why, you ready? Right out of his baptism, he started battling sin. And he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And here's the deal. It was in correlation to the people of Israel wandering in the desert for 40 years. Here's what's incredible. Some of you are like, man, 40 years, how far away was that place? Actually, the promised land from where the Israelites started, guess how far away it was? 40 days. But guess what they gave themselves to? Not God's spirit. They gave themselves to sin. Sin takes us places that we never intended to go, and it always keeps us longer than we intend to stay. See, this is why Jesus, when he went in the desert, he went to defeat sin and temptation. That's what the cross is all about. As Soon as these people get baptized today, guess what they're gonna be met with in the parking lot? Temptation. 
Guess what you and I are going to be met with today and tomorrow? Temptation. This is why it says this. And after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Imagine that. You don't eat for 40 days and you're hungry, right? Here's why it says this, because this is what Jesus knows. He knows the hunger that you and I have in our hearts. The desires, what you find in this passage is this. Jesus gets tempted with more than you and I ever get tempted with. And here's what he does. He relies on the power of the spirit and he says no. And he walks in the ways of God and he is the only man to ever do that. This is why we give our life to Jesus. He's the only one. He's the one who fills us. He's the one who defines us. He's the one who leads us. This is why I love Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. Listen to what it says. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. You have a savior who knows exactly with what you're struggling with today. He knows it. He's been tempted with it. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without what? Sin. See, this is why we surrender our life to him. Jesus, you passed all the tests that we failed. Jesus, you immersed yourself in God's plan. And Jesus, you came out on the other side. And only you, only you, Jesus, are the one who can change us. And this is what I love about John's response. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 15. After arguing with Jesus, no, I don't need to be baptized. You know, I don't need to be baptized in you. You need to be baptized in me. Then it just simply says this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 15. This is what we need to do today. It's this. Then John consented. Translation, okay, Jesus. Okay, Jesus. This is bigger than I thought for myself. This is bigger than what I had for me, but okay. Okay, Jesus. God, you have bigger plans than I could ever dream of. God, I'm scared, but okay. God, you're in on this, and since you're in on this, I can be in on this. Here in a moment, what I love is this. We got 10 or 11 people who are gonna walk up on stage and we got time in our service that we're gonna baptize them here literally in about one or two minutes. But before we baptize them in this place and before we cheer them on, I just got a question for you. Have you said, okay, Jesus, I'm in. See, we respond because Jesus first responded to our heavenly father. Since Jesus is in, we can be in. Since Jesus came to save, we can walk in freedom and new life. And I wanna invite you today, as the team sings here in a moment, if you've never been baptized, if you've never said yes to Jesus and allowed him to be your savior, we're gonna have staff and leaders over here by the stairs during the song. We wanna invite you to come on down there. We got shorts, we got shirts for you, we got everything you need. Maybe today's the day that you say yes. Or maybe you're like me, you were baptized a long time ago. But there's something going on in your life that you need to immerse back in Jesus. You need to bring your identity back to Jesus. You need to be reminded that your righteousness isn't your own. Your righteousness comes from Jesus. You don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to earn your worth. You just simply need to receive the grace of Jesus today. May you be reminded about that today. And so would you do this with me? Would you guys stand up right now? We're gonna do something really cool here.
We're gonna invite those who are getting baptized right now. They're gonna get ready. They're gonna lead them on backstage right now. And as one big church family, can you cheer them on? Like this is the loudest locker room of heavenly moment right here. Amen. There's nothing like new life. People just saying, all right, Jesus, if you're in for me, I'm in for you. And so as we sing, if you need to say yes to him, why don't you come on down to the stairs and we'll celebrate today. Let's sing together right now. Then we'll celebrate baptisms in just one moment.